You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And she is here right now. Hi, Mary Kay. Hi, Mary Kay. Hey, guys. How you doing? How are you? How was the trip, man? I want to hear all about the Super Bowl. How was it? Yeah, you know what? It was a great week. It was really amazing. I started out the week by uh, going to the Chiefs' availability on on Wednesday, and there I talked to Travis Kelsey for a good long while, asked him all the Cleveland questions. I could bark out at him as as loudly as I could in that scrum. And then, uh, you know, I talked to others, such as Chris Jones about Miles Garrett, um, I talked to you know a lot of different a lot of different guys about Miles Garrett and about uh, a lot of different things. So it was it was really cool. And then uh, you know just as you move through the week, you go into the whole NFL honors, which was a, a great night, very cool. Uh, the red carpet, very very exciting. And so yeah, it, it was a fun week. How was a Vegas Super Bowl, Mary Kay? And how did it differ from other Super Bowls that you've covered? Well, you know, just the week alone, Vegas is larger than life in every way. You walk around and you see the sphere, which is just an amazing venue. Uh, you know, you see that lit up uh, in the, the helmets of, of Kansas City and San Francisco. And, you know, that would alternate there. I mean, it, you know, it, it was surreal. Let me just say that. It was just a surreal week. Everything was lit up. Everything was neon. Everything was you know, loud and crazy. <laughs> it was it was really something else. I mean, Vegas is sort of tailor-made for hosting a Super Bowl. The only thing that they need to get right in the future is it's very, very difficult to get down the strip if you are in any kind of a bus or any kind of a vehicle. And I was going back and forth to, um, you know, the team venues in Henderson via bus and stuff like that. It was just hard. It was hard to get to one of the buses on the way to NFL honors on Thursday evening. Uh, it took them an, a full hour to get there. And I'm so glad I went earlier in the afternoon to do the red carpet because I, you know, I would have missed some of those first awards. So from that standpoint, you know, they need to figure out the traffic a little bit and maybe build some more trams or something. Cause it's a boom town out there, but just in terms of restaurants and entertainment and things to do. I mean, one of my, uh, Last night's there, I went to see a Cirque show, and it was fabulous, like they all are. And um, so, yeah, it, it was a lot of fun. All right, let's go back to NFL Honors. Walk me through that experience and what that was like, and then to see, you know, the Browns pull off, you know, a Grand Slam with four awards. Yeah, it was really, really cool. Uh, I did. I went over and did the red carpet, and I actually uh, did a lot of videos from the red carpet. I, I focused more on – uh, getting video interviews, and I actually did the writing that evening because I felt like that was something unique that I could get since I was actually there. So um, that was my sort of strategy or approach. 
And, you know, Miles Garrett was being pulled in a million different directions as he was walking down that red carpet. But, of course, he was nice enough and gracious enough to come over and talk to me for a minute before he went in. Even though uh, ESPN was trying to pull him away from me, he was like, no, I'm, I'm doing this first. <laughs> and that was so nice of him. I was like, yes, you know, uh, because, you know, we all work so hard out there to get it right for, you know, for everybody with our coverage and everything. So I thought that was a really nice and cool gesture by him. Take that um, ESPN. Take that. <laughs> well, he, you know, he went, they were looking for a prediction, a Super Bowl prediction from him. Right. And they're like, no, just, just give us, just give us the prediction. Just give us the, and he was like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this first. That's cool. And, That's uh, awesome. Right? I mean, wasn't that cool? Well, you know, between uh, him and, and Joe Flacco and the way they talked about the city during their speeches, I, I, I mean, I, I just, I was, you know, it makes you proud to be a Clevelander when you hear those guys say those things. Yeah, it was cool. It was very cool. So there was that. And then um, then I got so many other people on the red carpet. It was, it was a very, very uh, cool event to be able to do that. I got Joe on the red carpet. I got Jim Schwartz coming down the red carpet with his lovely wife, Kathy. Um, I got, who else did I get on the red carpet? I got a number of, I got Rodney McLeod talking about Miles Garrett. Um, and then on Radio Row a couple times, you know, I got different guys like Elijah Moore. I haven't written that yet. Um, but again, I tried to do video and show people what it was kind of like to be there. So on our, on our YouTube channel, you can see all of those. I think I ended up doing like 15 uh, short YouTube shorts from that night and from the week. So it was kind of fun to do it like that. But the red carpet was very exciting, very cool. Um, you know, just the whole atmosphere. It was like being at the, the Oscars. It really was. It was glitz and glamour and everyone was, you know, dressed to the nines. And, oh, I, I talked to JOK on the red carpet, too, about the fact that he won best dressed arrival. So I got a little video with him and took a photo of him and his amazing um, you know, African garb, which is just so elaborate and beautiful every single week of the season. And, um, you know, I got to talk to him about Miles Garrett and, and Jim Schwartz and stuff like that. So it was, um, it was quite an event. It was quite a week. That's, that's really cool. We chatted earlier. The 49ers have caught a lot of grief, Mary Kay, since because some of the players said we didn't know the overtime rules. All right, they, they probably should have been coached up on the rules. But Kyle Shanahan knew the rules, and I, I wonder, do you think it affected the players at all that if they didn't know the rules? I mean, they're, they're still trying to stop Kansas City, aren't they? They're t- still trying to score a touchdown. I, I'm surprised that they've caught so much grief about it and that Shanahan is catching grief because he took the football, which is just a choice. His analytics people said, I want it third. And Andy Reid's analytics people said we'd like to, you know, we would have deferred. What, what do you think about all that? Well, first of all, you know, I, I know that Kyle Shanahan's players think the absolute world of him and know how smart and good he is. So I was a little surprised to hear all of the players saying we didn't know anything about these rules. And because it, it really unwittingly, I'm sure, throws your coach under the bus. And, and I don't think – uh, that they meant to do that, really. I don't think that they would have wanted to do that, but that's how it came off. Um, and then as far as, as Kyle, I mean, at least he had a, a sound reason for doing what he did. It, you know, it, it wasn't without thought. It wasn't without consultation with their analytics people. They wanted it third in case, you know, it was 
score matching score on those first two drives. So, uh, you know, there, there was a method, a method to his madness. Uh, but in the, you know, in the final analysis, of course, you know, I'm sure that he would do it differently next time. Uh, Mary, how'd you like covering the Kelsey beat between the two, between the brothers and everything else that was going on? You know, I didn't spend a whole, whole bunch of time on the Kelsey beat um, because we, you know, we were already working on a couple of Kelsey stories back here. So, um, you know, Ashley Bassock did one on, you know, the whole just branding of Travis and Taylor and then a column as well. So I really, uh, I did mostly, you know, video with him talking about um, Miles and then I did a story on him. I did ask the Cleveland questions, you know, I just asked about how Cleveland shaped him. I asked him how much he has left in the tank. And then, of course, I had to ask for all my Swifty friends, um, you know, if he is working hard to bring the Eras tour to Cleveland Brown Stadium. So I did that little post on, on Sunday morning. But I didn't have to follow Travis around everywhere and, and, and go that whole route because, um, you know, that, that would have been probably just taking up the whole entire week. And – you know, when I go to the Super Bowl, I always focus on Brown-centric stories. That's what our readers care about, right? So pretty much almost everything that I wrote had something to do with the Browns, um, except for that Travis story that I was telling you about, and that was Cleveland-centric. But, you know, a lot of it came down to, um, you know, what T.J. Watt and J.J. Watt, their response to Miles Garrett winning NFL Defensive Player of the Year, and Micah Parsons coming out in defense of Miles. And then in addition to that, I talked to Joe Flacco on the red carpet about how he felt about, you know, beating out, because at that point we really kind of knew, um, you know, about beating out DeMar Hamlin for um, comeback player of the year. And I talked to, I don't know if you guys saw it or not, but I talked to one of the AP voters, Shereen Williams. She's also a Hall of Fame voter. Um, you know, with me and, and that group. Um, I talked to her about the whole thing, and she was appalled that eight of the 50 voters left DeMar Hamlin off their ballot altogether. And, you know, the the scoring was just kind of odd, and it lent itself to Joe beating out DeMar. And, you know, Shireen even mentioned that, you know, the scoring system needs to be tweaked. I mean, he got uh, DeMar got 21 first place votes and Joe got 13 and Joe won. And even Joe felt awkward about that. So, you know, that's something that has to be looked at. Yeah, there was at one point when he accepted the award, I thought, I wonder if he's going to hand it over to him and say, hey, here's a chance where you can realize that there are much th- there are things much bigger in life than football. I, I don't know, it went through my mind. I was like, I wonder if he'll do that. But I understand why he accepted the award and did what he did too. I mean, it was kind of a weird spot. Yeah, it, it was. I mean, I, I I wondered about that myself a little bit, but um, but you know, it was it was his opportunity, obviously, to you know to an, accept a, a beautiful award for a, a time in his life that was also very very important to him. I mean, he thought that his career could possibly be over, and no one thought he had anything left in the tank. And he came back and did what he did, and it was remarkable. And so I do think that. Um, you know, that he was proud of it and the people in his life are proud of it. And he probably accepted it more so for his family than even for himself. But, um, but yeah, it was, that was kind of, 
it, it was a difficult situation because I think uh, pretty much everyone, including Joe, including Joe, feels like DeMar Hamlin should have won that award. Yeah, that was the ultimate comeback, Mary Kay. <laughs> you know, yes. if you think about it, that's, that's yeah. the ultimate comeback. Yes, and they're talking about there is some talk. I saw Rich Eisen and some others uh, suggest that they should name that Comeback Player of the Year award after DeMar Hamlin, and it would be very ironic to name it after someone who didn't win it. Didn't win it, yeah. But, you know, maybe there would be some consolation in it. Uh, but, yeah, that was, um, you know, I, I have to think that they're going to look at the scoring after that situation. Browns are going to sit back and, and get things rolling here shortly. Mary Kay, you mentioned Joe Flacco. Is Joe is Joe signing with any team quickly, or is he signing here quickly? What, what do you think happens there? You know what? That, that's you know that's a good question. I you know I I probably will be writing this today. I did talk to him about how much he does want to come back here, and I almost think that that he would take this opportunity before waiting out a chance to go somewhere else just because he loved it here so much. So I, I could see it happening if they make him the right offer. Uh, you know, I could see him perhaps accepting it. Now, having said that, I do think that, you know, there could be teams that saw enough in Joe Flacco in that final five regular season games to say, hmm, maybe this guy can come out, come in and, uh, you know, give one of our guys a run for their money or be a bridge quarterback to a rookie or something like that. So um, he probably will have some opportunities. I'm sure those discussions are already underway in a back-channel sort of fashion, and uh, I think he'll have other opportunities besides coming back here as Deshaun's backup. Barry Kidd, one of the other stories that kind of percolated while you were gone is this whole thought of, uh, perhaps building a dome or another stadium out of Brook Park. I, I'm sure you heard all this stuff. I'm just, I'm just wondering what you think, even if it is a story or even if it isn't a story, what you think. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Well, I mean, it's interesting, and I'm sure that, you know, there is there is some negotiating aspect to it. Uh, but this is just all in, you know, what goes on when you're trying to get a new stadium or a renovated stadium uh, in your city. It goes on, you know, pretty much in every city. You explore options, you, you know, use strategies. There are all kinds of things that, that happen in that regard. Um, but from everything that I've heard from, you know, from day one, that it was, you know, a renovation is what they're trying to do and that, you know, a new stadium outside of downtown Cleveland really was not, in the cards until, you know, this past week. So, you know, we'll have to see if, if, if there's a ton to it or if there's not. And, you know, it's going to play out over the next few months for sure. Mary Kay, as you watched the Super Bowl, as you, you know, wrote about it afterwards, as you let it all sink in, did you take anything out of it that directly applies to the Browns? That what you think, hmm, that tells me something. Yeah, I did. And I wrote about it um, yesterday. And basically the, the column or the story that I wrote is that, you know, the bar is set at Patrick Mahomes for Deshaun Watson. And I just, every time I think about Patrick Mahomes, it takes me back to the 2017 draft when the Browns, you know, they just were not uh, all on the same page in terms of their quarterback evaluations whatsoever. And therefore, you know, they missed Patrick. They didn't realize what, what Patrick was all about. He was coming out of that air raid cliff Kingsbury offense. Nobody really knew how it was going to translate to the NFL. And, and they didn't, they didn't see it in him and they didn't see uh, what Deshaun was going to become either. And, you know, they, they made a great choice of miles Garrett at number one, but they could have had one of those other quarterbacks as well. They would have had it traded up to get um, Patrick, but they certainly had the ammunition to do it. So I wrote about that for today. My takeaway is that Deshaun, uh, you know, Deshaun's got to go out there and be almost as good as Patrick uh, to try to get past him and win Super Bowls for this team. And that's, of course, why they went out and they got Deshaun Watson is so that he could compete with the Patricks of the world and the Josh Allens. And and now it's time. And so hopefully for the Browns and for the, their fans that he will come back 100% healthy from the shoulder surgery so he can go out and do just that for them. Hey, you know, it's funny. We sit here and we talk about Coach of the Year for Kevin Stefanski, but based on everything you just said, how much pressure is on Kevin now? Especially when you go back and look at the last 13 months, or it, it within 13 months they changed every one of their coordinators. The pressure on Kevin for next year. Well, I think it all comes down to Deshaun. I mean, if Deshaun is who he is, who they believe he is, or is returns to his three-time Pro Bowl form, then I, I don't think it's necessarily a bunch of pressure on Kevin. I think it's an opportunity for Kevin. I think it's a chance for him to show off his play calling chops a little bit. He hasn't had a chance to do that. I think he should retain play calling duties. I want to see what he's got when he's got Deshaun Watson to call plays for, for a whole season. We haven't seen that yet. Um, So I think it's, I think it's a chance for him uh, to do some cool and creative things like, uh, like the corn dog shuttle on the goal line. You know, I want to see it. So I, I hope that they get to do that together. 
Mary Kay, as always, thank you for your time. Great stuff coming out of Las Vegas last week. We look forward to reading everything else that you'll be writing about, what's going on with the Super Bowl as we get ready for free agency and we get ready for the new NFL year. Uh, a lot of exciting things straight ahead, and we'll be reading you every day in the Plain Dealer. Cleveland.com. Thank you so much, Mary Kay. Thanks, Mary Kay. Thank you, guys. All right, we will talk to you soon. Mary Kay Cabot, super friend of the show. And, of course, she was on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. We'll make- okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. 